I would like to take this opportunity to just talk about how much I hate the phrase pick me. We need a um like an Allie's rant sounder oh like dun dun <laughs> Allie's rant. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, how is it going? As of date of recording, which is the, what, what is today? The the 19th, today's the 19th. The 19th of July. So we are recording this a week before I take the bar, and it will come out the week of the bar. And so I am, you know, the the stress levels are amping up. I, I feel like my adrenaline is running a little bit higher. I usually hit a wall at around three where I'm exhausted, but right now I'm very energized. <laughs> Great. And um, so yeah, people will be hearing this at a very bad time, but I'm okay. So when you're listening to this, depending on when you listen, work could be actively taking the bar at the moment you listen to this podcast. Yes. So if you are hearing my voice, send me good vibes. Good vibes all around. Well, before we get into your updates, a little bit of housekeeping. I'm going to miss you so much next week, speaking of the bar. I know. I know. For the um, for the first time ever, one of us has to take a, take a day off. And so, yeah, I'm just going to be trying to rest and reset and get ready mentally prepared for Tuesday and Wednesday. But I will miss you. But there will be, an, there, there will be a podcast, to be clear, because yes. who is replacing me? Potentially indefinitely. <laughs> exciting news it, oh please it's that is that is not an appropriate thing to say right now I'm, I'm like, um we will have a guest co-host next week alana dunn from seeing other people uh, yes i am i'm like excited to listen i'm like i can't wait i'm very excited um though we will miss you dearly thank you thank you um i will i will miss you guys i would rather be doing this any day of the week so um, I hope you and then, then the listeners have fun the next week when they hear it. Yeah. I think you do have a little bit of story time, though, even though you've been holed up in your study hole. Yes, you are very true. I have spoken to Trivia, and we are texting in a really nice patter. It's great. And we had like a little FaceTime date last Thursday, and it was such a welcome evening break. He was traveling for work, and you know, gave me a great heads up about the conference schedule and when he would be free. And it was super, you know, beautifully executed. And we talked for a little bit over an hour and I just, you know, was in a great mood after. And it just like, I think that's a good sign when after you're with somebody, you feel like kind of energized and happy. And we laughed a lot. It was great. And we also talked about what we might want to do when I get back to LA and we have an in-person date. And so we were sort of bouncing ideas off. And he then texted me like 15 minutes later, hey, I called these restaurants. Here are our options for where we could walk in, where we could do a reservation, da, da, da. And I'm like, that was a chef's kiss motion. <laughs> oh, we love a planner. We love a planner. We do. We do. And so, yeah, trivia is killing the game. And, um, and I'll keep, every, keep you posted. Please do. Um, I love that. I think it's so great that he is keeping in touch with you, although it sounds like not in an overbearing way. Like he obviously knows you've got a lot of shit going on. Yes. So it's not only that, but also something I like about him is that he has a lot of his own life going on. He is definitely more Mm. extroverted than me. He clearly like loves to be around people and have like a big social life. And so on 
like he's constantly, it seems like doing fun things with his friends. He went to business school um, in California without, I guess I don't want to be like too specific. And so he has like a lot of people who are in the area that he is able to like, that he's known for a while. And um, so, yeah, he has like a ton going on and um, he's like going to a wedding this weekend. And like he, like he has a whole life too, which is really nice. That's awesome. Do I know how old he is? Have you told me that? Uh, yeah, he's 34. A great age. Great age. We love a 34-year-old. <laughs> um, but yeah, his birthday is uh, coming right up, he said. Anyway. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, Leo energy, for those who care <laughs> or know what that means. Well, according to Nora, who is the astrology expert that I've had on my story and my lives before, according to Nora, moon sign is more – What's her Instagram? Great question. Norzibu. Norzibu. It's yeah. at Norzibu. N-O-R-Z-Y-B-O-O. Um, we'll put that in the mentions. According to Nora, moon sign is way more important than sun sign when it comes to dating. Oh. Yeah. That's great to know. Okay. I will move forward with that and yeah. ask follow-ups. But um, but yeah, how's the, how's the camper? How's, how's Chicago? The camper is good. We continue to text almost every day. That's a lot of communication. I know. And sometimes, like I actually think, so I'm. it's been what, like a week since I met him? A little over a week? Yeah. And I think there's been maybe one or two days of that week where we didn't talk, but we were, we've been consistently texting on the days that we talk. Like yesterday, both of us had a really lazy day, like lazy Sundays on the couch, and we texted essentially the entire day, like from each other's couches. Holy crap. Did Was there a moment where you're like, we should FaceTime or were you, was texting the right move for you? It's funny that you say that because I have actually – so I'm going back – I mentioned I'm going back to Chicago. I have flights booked the second weekend of September. That is mm-hmm. a long time from now. Yeah. Talking every day via text message between now and then is like not sustainable. Correct. Agreed. So I have been thinking about, do I suggest a FaceTime date? I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. If he's talking to you that much, it must have crossed his mind too. You cannot be standing alone here in this thought. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's into FaceTime though. I mean, fair. I, I think to me, I actually think a baseline rule, no one is into FaceTime. I'm not into FaceTime. <laughs> and yet – I want to do it with somebody I want to see. Yeah. I I definitely am not into FaceTime more than I'm into in person. Of course, um, yeah. But that brings up – that like triggers me a little bit because in my last relationship with the Oyster, cue mm-hmm. callback to last episode, when he moved out of state without telling me, uh, which we didn't mention last week but we mentioned previously – he hated FaceTime to the point where he did not want to do it. And we would we had very recurring arguments about the fact that like we we are now a long distance couple. You did this. You made us a long distance couple. And so we have to do what long distance couples do and FaceTime. Yeah. I don't mean to laugh, but it's actually kind of funny how often I have been your ex-boyfriends in relationships. <laughs> It's absolutely ridiculous because I I worked for a summer in DC while the guy that I was dating was still in Los Angeles and I dreaded FaceTiming him. It felt like such a chore. 
And it was a constant fight that I didn't want to FaceTime. And so, <laughs> yikes. Oh, that's just so funny. I, like, the quintessential moment of this was my birthday happened while we were in, like, legit quarantine in New York. Yeah. Deep five. And, yeah, like, I didn't leave my apartment building for, like, four and a half, five weeks. It was during that time. Yeah, and totally. I'm very into my birthday. I had asked him to plan something. I had, like, again, we, we talk about expressing our needs, right? And, like, no one can read your mind. I very explicitly said to him, I'm very sad that I can't have a birthday party. I'm very sad that I won't see a single person mm-hmm. unless I happen to wander down to the lobby and see my doorman <laughs> on my birthday. And I really would like you to plan something via FaceTime. And he was like, well, what am I supposed to plan? I'm like, like I'm, I'm not going to plan it for you. I right. would just like for us to do something together. He never did. We ended up having – we were supposed to have dinner together. I basically said like, okay, let's have dinner together. He joined the call. He had already eaten. Uh, unbelievable. And he was like, well, my mom my mom made dinner. Was I just not supposed to eat it? I'm like, yeah, yeah that yeah, is exactly actually. what you were supposed to do because you had dinner plans. Yeah. And the, I took a screenshot of it because it was- You don't just take dinner as it comes. No. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know if I'll eat again. I better get- eat this food. It's like my cats. My, he, yes. It's like he was my cats who every time I go to feed them act like I have I might never feed them again and they've been starving for years. Yeah. Um, but I like took a screenshot because it was so comical. I was dressed up wearing a birthday tiara. He was wearing a dirty white t-shirt with his hair like he had just taken a nap. He's that I don't I, – I'm not going to remember the product, but it's like those Woolite commercials where the first – they sit down for the first date and the guy says, you look nice. And she goes, you look comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. <laughs> with the with like the U-line neck. Yes, with like the stretched, stretched out, out teeth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was him. Um, and then for my birthday present, he sent me an e-book of uh, – a book that was the third book of a series. That's – that <laughs> – that clinches it for me is so psycho. Uh, I can't. Because that to me says, did he get, do you think maybe the third one was like free to entice you to buy one and two? You know, like it, it just, it's so janky, Allie. It was, it was ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, that was a, that was a long way of saying that I don't know if the camper is into FaceTime. Yeah. Only one way to find out. We'll see. We have been doing some like flirt texting, which is fun. Okay. Like we were talking about how we were like doing a long distance couch cuddle yesterday. Oh my God, that's so cute. Um, very cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also found out via a mutual friend that he has a wedding coming up to which he has a plus one. Uh, ooh. Yeah. Um, how coming but, up? I mean, oh, I didn't ask that question. I'm not sure. All right. Um, I don't know. I'm not expecting anything, but of I course, just, of I course. thought that I thought that was a fun tidbit. Yeah. Um, and I also have a first date this week that I'm excited about. Exciting. Yeah. Um, does this does this person have a nickname? What is the what is the deal? I was actually just panicking as I introed him because I realized that I haven't selected a nickname yet. So I will do that. Um, stay tuned. But we on so. 
through my Bumbo opener, which is, you know, what appetizer, shared appetizer you lobbying for as we're out to dinner, we basically just ended up listing off our favorite appetizers within each cuisine. Ooh, love that. And like, we like were joking that this dinner was going to be a food tour of the world. And so he then very quickly segued that into like, well, we need to do our first stop. Like we got to get this tour going. Beautiful. Great ask out. Yeah. Fantastic ask out. Um, but I was out of town and then he was out of town. So this was like 10 days ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And he – and so we're going out this coming Friday. But right after he asked me out, we exchanged numbers. We were texting. I, I sent you this screenshot because I was excited about it. He was like, okay, I'm eager to get this plan like set for our first stop. Yes, 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 yes. So yeah. Love we, it. I'm glad that we we both have some planners um, going on right now. I like it. Yeah. So, you know, TBD remains to be seen what the date will be like, but I'm excited about the setup thus far. And then the other update I have this week is those people who follow my stories on Instagram will know that I had my photo shoot for my matchmaker on Friday. Oh, you looked so good. I, Thank you. Yeah, you looked amazing. I think I responded to one, um, you look fucking sexy as fuck. <laughs> now that would have been an appropriate compliment for a picture. It really would have been. Yeah. Had I sent him that, which would, would have very clearly been a thirst trap, absolutely compliment me like that. Yes. Um, I posted it to my personal Instagram. I posted that video to my personal Instagram and just – I don't usually post – like I post like volleyball pictures, my cats. Like I don't tend to post like solo shots where I look good. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to post something where I looked nice and to get nice comments. Totally. No, that feels great. So yeah, so that was lovely, but the photo shoot was amazing. The photographer, his name is German. I tagged him um, when I did the story and I'm also going to do like a whole video about the shoot because I had so much fun. I feel like I just felt so comfortable and just the vibe was so good. And I feel like that came through at least when I like saw the little pictures on his, you know, screen or whatever. Yep. I think they're going to be really good and I'm really excited about it. I can't wait. I can't wait to look at the, I hope you send me all of them. I like just of want course. to banger all over them. <laughs> of course. Um, and I think – so he actually, as a photographer, specifically does dating app profile pictures. Like that's his entire business. Amazing. So I actually think it could be kind of cool as a partnership going forward. You know, I, I have clients who want their pictures taken. So stay tuned, everybody. Yeah, totally. We shall see. Well, that's – it's all exciting stuff. Love yeah. to hear it. And I don't have a phone throwing moment this week, but I did see in our submission form that we had a amazing listener phone throwing moment that I think Great. we need to read. Yeah, we do. I've been off my phone enough where no throwing has happened. I- <laughs> so, okay. This listener writes, I just texted my two close friends on WhatsApp about a crush I have on a colleague. I have not asked him out as we have a tiny office and he's new and I don't want to make it awkward. So the text of my friends goes something like this. Tom, I think that's a fake name. Tom can't make the event tonight. Sad me, but I suppose I've got enough online dates lined up to keep me distracted for now. Only to realize I sent this to the wrong WhatsApp group. I sent it to a group of seven people, including other colleagues, including people who are really good friends with him and barely know me. And she says she is still shaking, thinking about it. And I don't blame her. I don't either. This is the epitome of a phone throwing. 
oh my god, I feel so bad. I the pit of panic that you feel is so bad when that happens. <sighs> oh god, was there any response? I wish she should let us know. I would like yes. to know. Please DM us. Let us know the aftermath of this situation, listener, because oh my god, because this could be a move. You know, maybe Tom, maybe knows. So. <laughs> Let's be honest. Can any of us say that we haven't sent a text to somebody and pretended it was going to the wrong person when really we did it on purpose? As we've discussed, the um, the theme of this podcast is accidentally toxic. <laughs> yes. Um, well, yeah. Maybe maybe she and Tom are dating now. This was sent a few weeks ago. So okay. You never know. Yeah, I'll send them good vibes. And. Before we dive into our weird or not, which actually kind of ties into our um, sort of grab bag theme, we did get some clarifying questions about a prior episode, and I want to do a little bit of a callback to them because I think there are some good questions that I want to make sure we address. Perfect. These questions are from episode 20, which was the after the first one, which was our episode, our third episode of our first date trilogy, all about what happens after a first date. Okay, so the first thing this listener is wondering is, why is a second date something someone should assume will happen? She wants to know, isn't the first date to figure out if there's a connection to explore? Even with video chat, I can't always tell if there's something that would be a deal breaker. So my answer to that, I think, is it gets to the idea of the way you've been describing it and the way Logan Yuri describes it as a default. That, of course, you can – I mean – I think she actually does use this exact research in her book, which is How to Not Die Alone. But the there are countries that have um, – the default system is organ donation on your driver's license. So they, those countries have a lot more people doing organ donation because you then have to check a box that say, I don't want this. Whereas in America, you have to opt into the system and say you do want to be a donor. And that little like extra step of effort tends to deter, like people tend to live in the default. And so I think the whole point of this is to say that I'm going to assume that barring deal breaker, this is going to be a worthwhile person to explore more with. That you got enough of a good feeling from messaging that, or a FaceTime or a phone call that as she says, she doesn't know that there's a deal breaker yet. That's good. Right. That's kind of what, what stood out to me is that like, yes, of course, if you discover a deal breaker while you're on a first date with somebody, don't go on a second date with them. Like that's not to say saying that the second date is a default doesn't mean that the second date must happen. Correct. You can always check that box. Yeah, absolutely. If you're curious to hear more diving into this, episode 16 is the one with Logan Yuri. It's called the How to Not Die Alone one. So check that out. So her second question is, I get that let's and should are passive, but it's also an invitation to the other person without being demanding, especially for men, i.e., we should go get drinks, lets them know that drinks are one, acceptable to you, and two, makes it seem like it's all their idea. Two is manipulative. Just throwing that out there. I agree. That is that is manipulation, which we don't love. Agreed. We do not stand a manipulative king. No. I think that – no. Or queen or, or any any True. member of the royal family at all. Yeah. Any any crowned individual that is manipulative. Yes. We are, do not support. We do not support. <laughs> so – but I, I think that there are 
I understand if you want the other person to take the lead. I I totally understand that. But I think that there are ways of just expressing that you would like to go out again without saying let's and should. Mm-hmm. And I think that you proposed a great example of that in the episode, which was, I'd love to go out again. Here's my schedule for the week. Right. You are telling them that a plan is acceptable to you should they want to make one. That that yes. accomplishes everything this person is looking to do. Except the part where she wants it to seem like it's all their idea. But like that part I think is a little problematic. Agreed. So – and like like I said, I understand if you want somebody who wants to take the lead. But I don't think you want to spend your relationship manipulating your partner into thinking things were their idea. Definitely not. That is – Yeah. That's not a good stepping stone for a long relationship. No. Um, and then the third one, and then we'll move on to weird or not. Why are thank you texts inappropriate or why do you two think it's not a good idea? If someone picks you up and pays for dinner or drinks, I think it's entirely appropriate to say thank you as a sign of respect. Uh, of course. I would presume that you are saying thank you in the moment that that is happening. Exactly. Say thank you in person. That is extremely rude. I agree. If you don't. What's, I wouldn't say inappropriate, but what's unnecessary is a thank you text because you already said thank you in person. Right. Because at that point, again, it almost, it almost gets back to the idea, phishing is in a way manipulative, right? You are cueing a person to something that you have sort of pre-scripted in your head that you want back. And so a double, a thank you text is a way of saying, I want to see you again, but I'm kind of afraid to say what I really think. And so I'm going to double thank you to get you to react. And instead of doing that, just say what you actually want, which is, I'd love to go out again. Here's my schedule. <laughs> right. Like that's, you're not doing it as a sign of respect because you did that in person. This is actually bringing me back to something, which is that we have not decided on the Finding Mr. Height official rebrand of the authentic interest text. Oh, God. <laughs> So I did get one DM that they liked authentic interest text. Thank you, one person. And maybe I was just having a hard time speaking that day because that rolled off my tongue just fine just now. But yes, we do need to we do need to determine that. Um, but not today. I'm I can't. Uh, yeah, yeah, right we now. can we can move on. <laughs> okay. So today's weird or not? I this is this is inspired by an experience that I had a couple days ago. And honestly, I have fairly often, but I had a couple days ago and I texted you about this week's weird or not is they immediately thank you for matching with them. I find this weird. I think that it, it can be sweet. It could be sincere. That's lovely. You know, I I don't want to knock anybody who is legit. Like it's great to be happy that you matched with somebody. Of course. Mm Mm-hmm. However, this is an example where there's a difference between authentic communication and saying everything that pops into your head. (laughs) And I think that this is a situation where you can keep this aspect to yourself and be excited to match in other ways. And I think that this just rubs me a little weird. And I think it's going to rub other people weird too. And so I'm going to say, again, I think um, 65 weird, 35 not. It's even weirder. 75-25. Wow. Okay. Okay. 
That's, you know, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I tried to temper it a little bit. I think so too. I don't think this is one of those ones that's like weird and now I'm not interested. Agreed. I think you can move move along. Absolutely. It's just a little weird. Um, and so a lot of people said what you said. You know, they said it's like unnecessary. You know, we're here to match and, and date. Like there's no need to say that. Like that's kind of the point. Right. I don't think you would say to somebody in person, thank you for finding me attractive. Yeah, that'd be weird. That'd be weird. And a lot of other people said it feels overly self-deprecating. Like now I feel like I'm already on this pedestal of having been thanked for showing interest in them. That's an interesting perspective. I had not thought of that, but I can see that. Yeah. Um, And then several, and more than several, honestly, because it was a lot of people, Several people mentioned desperation or used the phrase pick me. And I would like to take this opportunity to just talk about how much I hate the phrase pick me. We need a um like an Allie's rant sounder, oh like dun, dun, <laughs> Allie's rant. <laughs> we can have like um no worries, pick me. What else? What you else? You can't even is in say there? no worries. It makes me upset. You can't even say it in reference <laughs> to the fact that I hate it. Um, I mean, let's and should are definitely on there. Yeah, for sure. Needy. Fucking hate the word needy. Needy is normal. Yeah. This needs, this, this needs its own. Yeah. Uh, if anybody makes sounds, feel free to make an Allie's rant sound. Um, but I really hate the phrase pick me. And so for those of you who haven't heard this phrase before, it basically refers to, it's almost exclusively used to describe women, like pick me girl is the ori- is the original use of this phrase, which is one of the reasons why it bothers me. But it's used to describe somebody who does things to ingratiate themselves with the people that they are trying to date. So like – Oh, interesting. Did you have a different interpretation of it? No. I just – I actually think I asked you what this was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, um, cause I think I saw it in comments on TikTok or something and it, it's just funny cause I will always associate pick me with Meredith Grey on Grey's Anatomy, uh, yes. <laughs> but, um, when she like gives that speech, yes. but I, it, interesting. So is it synonymous with a try hard or a chameleon dater or it's, it's specifically the original definition of it is specifically women who do things to make men think they're not like other women. Like to make themselves stand out, but in an inauthentic way, in a way that is not authentic to themselves, something that they're doing just to be attractive to men. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, you know my objection that like I hate the word – for like I hate the word basic because I think that it's leveled exclusively against women. And um, so I, to get my vengeance whenever a man – orders an IPA, I say, I love that pumpkin spice latte for you (laughs) because that is the pumpkin spice latte of beers. And um, so, yeah, I I, I totally agree with you about this now that I'm informed upon it. Yeah. And I also think that in addition to the fact that it is levied entirely or almost entirely against women, and I hate that, in addition to that, I think that it is also used in a broader scope than it was originally intended as well. And Mm -hmm. I get that comment a lot when I post things like my ghosting text script where I'm calling somebody out for bad behavior, I get pick me energy comments. That seems to not fit the definition. No, not at all. Like basically it's been expanded to mean like anybody who cares 
Yeah, and as as we have been very clear on, we are against the idea that not caring is the way to date. Exactly. So I think that and I think that that is is coming into play here where the reason that I think that thanking somebody for matching with you is a little weird is not because I think it's weird to be excited about the match. Absolutely. And that a lot of people that said, nah, it's not weird, a lot of people said that. They said that like it's good manners to thank somebody and it shows their excitement and, you know, like might be a little awkward, but it's not weird. Fair distinction. Very fair, actually. Yeah. So anyway, end rant. End scene. (laughs) Um, But now let's get into our grab bag. We haven't done one of these in a while. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Pent up demand. Pent up demand indeed. Yeah, we actually have a lot. I don't know if we'll get through all of them, but- For those of you who haven't heard a grab bag episode before, on my Instagram story, I post a question basically just soliciting random questions from followers and listeners, and then Rourke and I go back and forth asking them to each other, and we will try to get through as many as we can. All right, Allie, first question to you. Why do men include a baby picture in their profile? I mean, seriously. (laughs) I do. It's funny that normally I like to say, like, it's not a gendered issue, but I actually have seen it because I see a lot of women's profiles in my coaching. I have seen very few women, including baby pictures or children's pictures of themselves. So I do think that this tends to be more of an issue with men. Okay. I think they think it's cute. Mm -hmm. I think in their head, they're like, oh, women like babies. Women think kids are cute. It's exactly where I was going to go. Yeah, like here's a cute picture of me as a baby. But really, it's just like, okay, so you were a kid. Yeah, I don't want to like – I'm not into you as a child. I'm into no. you like, dear God. Like what, what the exactly. logic is – Yeah. Yeah. I think if you are try- – I don't recommend this either because I don't like pictures of other people's children, but maybe you could like block out their face. If you are trying to accomplish this, include a picture of yourself as an adult with a child, like your niece or your nephew or, you know, but again, block out their face because the internet's scary. Or – you know how there was a trend for a while, and I think it permeates a little bit, but it, there was a, it had a big moment where people were recreating their kind of funny baby photo poses as an adult. Yes. Do that. Do like a split screen because that also shows a sense of humor. and it, That's great. Love that. Love that. But to, to legit answer the question, I think that's why. I think they think it's cute. Totally. It's, it's, I mean, it is. It is. But that's not what I'm, we're trying to do with our dating app profile. Advice for meeting your significant other's friends and family. (laughs) I can't even get through the question. (laughs) My favorite topic. Um, I always get so nervous and I don't know why. Rourke, you have thoughts. I do. I have many. As we said on episode eight, the inviting one, you and I are great with friends and family. Introduce us to your friends and family. Please do. But um, it's – and it's funny we get this question because I did see one in the submission form that said, Rourke, given your chaotic history meeting friends, I would like to know how it goes when you meet parents. But um, anyway, so I think as we've discussed, it's okay to – it's okay to be nervous about things you have expectations for and something that you want to go well try to convert it to excitement, to being introduced to a piece of this person who you care about's life. And that's a really fun thing to happen. I think we've said before, people love to talk about themselves. And so 
if you're nervous, lean on getting them to talk by asking them questions. You're, you don't have to be in the spotlight here, you know? And so I think that if you make the focus about learning about them, then you're, everyone's going to love you because they're, people feel close to you when they talk about themselves. Yes, totally. One other little nugget that we mentioned on the inviting one that I will say is that it can be very tempting to bond with your partner's friends and family over things about like funny things about them. Like teasing your partner with their friends and family can feel like a a good way to bond. Don't do that. Agreed. My friends and I have a no bad press rule. Mm -hmm. I like that. All right, Allie, we have a listener or a follower wondering what to say when you start chatting in the apps and they get sexual. Oh, so it depends on how graphic it is and like how offensive it is. If it is really bad and that is subjective, so you feel free to make this estimation, I block and report. I don't even say anything back. Completely reasonable. However, if it is more suggestive and you feel like you just want to set a boundary and try to move forward – then you can say something like, you know, I don't feel comfortable having that conversation this early on, but, and then change the subject. And if they roll with it, great. And if not, then you block and report. Great solution. Rourke, what's a good first step in learning to not self-sabotage relationships? I would say your best first step is to go to therapy. Yep. Um, I, That to me is a very, um, I, just, it's great. Love it. And utilize things like Talkspace or is it Headspace? Talkspace. Are, are, they, are those competitors? Headspace. No, Headspace is a meditation app. Thank you. Thank you. So um, there are, you know, sort of tech-based upstarts to make therapy more accessible. And so I would, I, I personally would explore that as a first step because as this listener has identified, this is a self issue and that's aware to realize that this is something that she's doing and putting on potentially other people. And so I would say absolutely kind of explore where that's coming from. And then I think you'll be better equipped to approach things in sort of a secure attachment style way. Totally agree. This one plays into our um, earlier talk topic about texting. Somebody has a new fling. I went on two weeks vacation, then he left for one week, he's back, who texts first? You, because you're thinking about texting. So just do it. Nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> just do it. Like there's no there's no right time to text someone. There's no right time to message someone. If you're thinking about somebody, text them. Like I actually went on a rant about this in my live on Friday when I was getting ready for my matchmaker photo shoot. We made up double texting in our minds. Like we fully made that up as a thing that's bad, that is not a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. in in real life conversations, there's no – like you could totally say two things in a row and have that be totally normal. Like we don't track that in real life. I also am somebody who texts in snippets. I'm not a block texter. And so it is not uncommon for me to get a thought out in seven texts. And I do sometimes think about how that looks in early dating, but I am who I am. I've actually been dealing with that with the camper because he is a block texter. Like he will text, he will he will have multiple paragraphs within one text message. And I do not do that. I'm like you. I text in a stream of consciousness with like da-da-da-da, enter, da-da-da, enter. 
And I, I have thought about that. After how many dates should you have a chat about your situationship? Okay, so I just want to say that this question gives me a giggle because I don't know if it it must be autocorrect, but this reads about your situation's hips. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, and so I just start singing Shakira, you know? Anyway, okay. So um, I'm a little bit curious about what this question is exactly asking. Does this person mean after how many dates should you have a chat about where we're going, what I want to be, where I see this going? Or is this person saying after how many dates do you mention like I'm dating other people or what how do you, what do you take this as? I think I think it's the former. I think so too. Um but in that case, I think it's important to clarify that I would not classify that as a situation shift. Same. Like you're just early dating. That you're just dating somebody in the early stages. I think a situationship, like we said on two weeks ago, that has to have some sort of longevity to it. It has to be like a little bit dragged out to the point where you're now unclear about what's happening. Yep. But I think after how many dates So I I, I do think this is a balancing act of you should you should initiate a this is where I see us going or this is where I would like us to go conversation when you are ready while also balancing I think sort of real some realism factors of um is this something that you want because you've been seeing each other for a while and you really like this person or is this something that you are feeling anxious about and you just want to nail down because that would feel safer to you to know what this person is to you. And so I think kind of clear up what your motives are and um then I think that can help guide you as to what feels appropriate. Yeah, totally agree. Ali, I think this is a very good question. At what point is a guy keeping his options open early in dating? a sign that he isn't interested. Oh, interesting. So meaning if he's still seeing other people? Yes. At what point does that mean he isn't interested? Yes. Hmm. I I don't think we can really determine that. Agreed. Because have you guys had a conversation about it, I think is what I want to know. And if you have – and he has reiterated that he would still like to keep his options open, even though you have asserted that you would like to have one option, and that is him. Mm-hmm. Then I think we can fairly quickly decide that he's not interested in what you're interested in. Yes. I think that's an important thing. In He might be very interested in you, in oh, yeah. spending time with you, because you're great, in sleeping with you, or you know whatever the case may be, and yet he might not be interested in the specific type of relationship you want monogamy maybe whatever it is and so uh, totally agreed what to do when all recent dates have just sucked this happened to me recently as we've talked about yeah i mean it happens you know it it's you know dry spell is the wrong word just kind of like a like a swamp spell i don't know and Where it's like, it's not dry, but it's like crappy. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, a marsh. I try and just, it, it sounds a little silly, but I, in a way I try to like just keep going. I think that I, to me, it feels, I especially if it's just like just a first date, it's 
it's disappointing, but it's certainly not the end of the world. And for me, it can be so quickly emotionally overcome by banter on Bumble. And yeah, if I had a bad date and then the next day there's sort of new potential, that's the same. I have the same amount of emotional investment in both those people and outcomes at that point. And so I I think if you can, um, I don't know. Have you seen Ted Lasso? Yeah. Okay. So you know the scene where he tells um, the player in in a very early episode that he has to. Do you know why the Do you know why goldfish are the happiest animals? Yep. Yeah. yeah they're short memories. Exactly. They have short memories. And so when it comes to a first date, I think you've got to have a short memory. And so you know, on to the next. Thank you. Next. Whatever mantra you need, and um, just kind of keep keep going, and you're doing the right stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes back to what are your expectations from a first date? And we've talked about how you want to level set your expectations to it's just meeting somebody new. And yeah, you're, you know, thinking, okay, I'm going to go on a first date with this or a second date with this person as the default. But that doesn't mean that you're attaching any emotional, you know, any emotions to it at that point because you don't know them. Exactly. How do you know if you're moving too fast? Well, you've asked that question. So that I think is a starting point of – and this is something that I asked myself when I started dating the oyster, which we talked about last week in our love bombing episode. I was constantly asking myself, is this moving too quickly and justifying to other people why it wasn't. Mm. On my own, it's not like other people were saying, wow, Ali, you're moving too fast – I was proactively telling them why we weren't. Mm. That's really interesting. Uh, Yeah. So I think that just – that meant I was uncomfortable with it, even if I wasn't admitting it to myself. Yeah. That's like reminding me of Jessica and Mark on Love is Blind, where she could not – and it was like, no, everyone else is fine with your age gap except for you. (laughs) You're the only one who keeps referencing it. (laughs) Yeah. One year relationship, he hasn't said I love you. Should I be worried? This is such a good question. Um, It's a complicated answer, I think. I would want to – I mean, I think you obviously need to engage this person in a conversation about what what do those words mean to this person? And also think about for yourself, how does this person show me they love me in other ways? And understand if they – and talk to the person about, you know, I notice you do this. You take such good care of me. All of that says to me, you love me. Where is the disconnect between sort of your ability to verbalize that and these actions that really tell me that I'm super special to you? And so I think you can kind of like affirm the relationship that you have, but then also say like, I would be feeling insecure about this, full disclosure. And so like, especially like after a year, um, I think it's, and so I just want to normalize. I think it's completely reasonable to say that you want somebody to say, I love you to you and not just have to rely on their actions all the time. But I do think that that's a good entryway to the conversation. Yeah. Have a conversation about it. You know, what is, what does that mean to them? I think that's really good advice. I think this one almost gets at a question that the person is not quite asking. How to help a person who is being breadcrumbed? I keep telling her to end it, but she won't listen. Interesting. I'm not sure that telling someone to end something is going to get the result that you want. I think that it is much more effective to 
help them focus on how this person is making them feel Mm -hmm. and try to help them come to the solution on their own. Like telling someone, just, just jumping straight to the, you need to end this. I don't think that's helping them. And, you know, show them my breadcrumbing script. Maybe, maybe helping them set some boundaries with this person can help the behavior. Totally agreed. And yes, that was, that was exactly my thought. How do you end a conversation? No date yet, just chatting on an app. So uh, this may come, this can come up in a variety of contexts, right? So like this can happen to me if I match with somebody like before bed and I need to like go to sleep. I can't just keep like messaging a person on Bumble or whatever. And so I will often use that as a jumping off point to give a number exchange if it's going well. And so, you know, if we've been chatting and I'm saying, hey, I'm signing off for this, like I'm going to sign off Bumble for the night and go to sleep, but here's my number and I'd love to pick this up and plan a date, whatever. So I read this as she doesn't want to talk to this person anymore. Oh, my bad. No, I mean, you might be right. I don't know. But I read it as like, how do you stop talking to somebody before, like you're not, you're not canceling a date. You don't have a date planned, but you don't want to continue talking to them. That interpretation makes a lot of sense. And yeah, (laughs) hopefully my answer was of use to somebody, not this listener. (laughs) And let's answer the question she's actually asking. And um, I mean, I will, I personally will let a conversation just die. Same. Based on our ghosting flowchart. Same. By our, I mean your. (laughs) If you... (laughs) If, which is, for those of you who haven't seen it, if you have not been on a date and don't have a date scheduled, it's not ghosting. It it could be rude. Like it is certainly rude to just ignore someone who's asking you questions on a dating app. Um, and if you if that's happening, if someone's asking me a direct question, use the no ghosting script. Say like, I've enjoyed talking to you. I don't see this going anywhere. Bye. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's a little bit longer than that. But – generally, if we don't have a date scheduled or haven't been on one, I don't do that because usually the conversations just fizzle. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. How to balance open-minded versus efficiency. I can't give everyone on Bumble a chance. I thought you were going to ask me this one. When you said this is interesting, I was like, oh, she's going to ask me the open-minded one. Um, I think this is a trial and error type of thing mm-hmm. where – You can kind of slide back and forth between, okay, I'm not getting very very many matches. I'm not talking to very many people. I think I need to be more open-minded, expand my horizons a little bit, and see what that brings. Once you do that, if you realize, oh, shit, I have way too many matches. I have way too many conversations. I can't handle this. Now we back it off a little bit. Yes, I like that a lot. Like, I don't think it's something that you can, like, pinpoint exactly what is going to be the right amount on the scale Mm -hmm. without kind of trying it both ways. New relationship. How to know when your partner's teasing isn't flirty but is actually problematic or a red flag? Ugh. I hate teasing. This is my (laughs) rant. Rourke's rant. Rourke's rant. Um, Yeah, I really don't like teasing. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. What if it's Rourke Rant and Allie Anger? I, I was going to say we need an alliterative version for Allie. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Allie's Anger. Yeah. Okay. So I don't like teasing for a couple reasons. 
number one, I think that it is often undermining. Mm. And because I, I'm a firm believer in truth and comedy that if somebody is sort of making a joke about something, it is stemming from something that they believe is true. Yeah. It's not, it's not funny if it's not a little true. Exactly. And so, um, I, I have an ex that would like, or PowerPoint would really weaponize teasing. And so for me, it's a, it's a pretty big red flag so for example, Trivia and I have both been sort of self-deprecating about certain things where at Trivia, like I definitely was, it, he completely saved the team. And I sort of made a comment about how like, I don't think my brain has space for, you know, regular Trivia anymore. Yeah. And um, and then we've done sort of other like words with frenzy things over text and where I have like beaten him and so like it's we both sort of joked about how like oh look like our skill sets compliment like I'll carry us at trivia you can carry us like at Scrabble or whatever and so like that's that's nice where I think you can be a little self-deprecating but the person almost turns it into a way to like lift you up Mm. um and then weirdly the the chef would do this where he had a big thing that he believed manual labor was better than intellectual labor Oh. And so he used to like always make comments about how like legal work wasn't really work and that like I wasn't working that hard. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And he like would spin it as a joke. It it was so unacceptable. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah, that is unacceptable. I also hate teasing, but I think I think there's a line, like you said. And where, like, of in terms of, you know, where it can be, like, fun versus where it goes to, like, a weaponizing place. And I think that line is when it bothers you. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, I mean, we, like, say stuff like this a lot, but, like, if you're asking this question, it sounds like your partner's teasing bothers you. And it can be both flirty and problematic. It's not an or situation because – Yes. Your partner can be trying to be flirty, but ending up hurting you. And even though there's no intent there, it's still hurting you. And so that's something you want to talk about. Totally agree. That was a more helpful answer. I was just um, on a rant. I loved your rant. Oh, shoot. This is a great question. Um, Do you ever feel like you are too comfortable being single? Oh, interesting. I don't actually remember saying that one. No, I don't. I think I think I I do this doesn't necessarily stem from me being single because it was still true when I was in a relationship. I think I sometimes think about how different it will be when I am not single and also living with somebody or starting a family with somebody. Horrible, terrifying. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> like in terms of the ways that your routine needs to change to accommodate somebody else. I haven't found that to be a problem in relationships, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like being in relationships, but I I do think about that part, that I am very comfortable with my solo life in this apartment and, you know, making the rules in here. Yeah. And yeah, that that does worry me sometimes. <laughs> I think where this can tip into, quote unquote, too comfortable is – what we talk about in terms of it'll happen when it happens. Mm. And so I think that I, I can 
like I am often so happy being single. I'm like, oh, like I don't like need to try for this right now. But I do think that if it is something I genuinely want for my future, I still need to put in the effort to grow that and find that and build that. Right. And so I think that's where it I think that's where my answer tips over to a yes. But in terms of my actual like happiness being, I don't think there is any such thing as like too happy being single. Yeah, I I agree with you. I texted the guy to pick up his stuff from my place and no response. What should I do? Take it to Goodwill. How long has it been? That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Wait a predetermined amount of time. Communicate that. Yeah. Say, I have – so obviously you've said I have your stuff. Can you pick it up? And he hasn't responded. I would send a follow-up text saying, if I don't hear from you by X date, I am going to donate this stuff. And then on that date, you donate the stuff. Yep. Totally agree. At what point do you follow each other on social media? Oh, Lord. If you find out, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say this is a delicate topic. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I requested the camper, like, on my personal Instagram. Although he does know about this one. He doesn't know the name of it because – actually, I think he does, but I don't think he remembers. Um I followed him immediately and he followed me back and we now follow each other on social media. So I I don't <sighs> however we met in real life. So I think I'm like walking back walking that back a little bit because I think I have a different thought process for how I feel about somebody following me on social media that I met through friends versus somebody I meet on a dating app. Mm-hmm. And totally agree. I historically I historically have not done the social media follow exchange until I'm exclusive with someone. Wow. Oh, that's later than I expected. I feel like so many people now ask it as almost a catfish check Mm. that I often have people following me before the first date. Oh, no, no, no. I don't do that. Oh, it just doesn't bother me. I just don't want – I don't know. I don't want them to see my stuff. (laughs) That's fine. Oh, no. Neither of our approaches are wrong. That's just so interesting. Yeah, I'm – yeah, I often I'm just like, yeah, whatever. You can look. Yeah, I mean, I don't follow them back cuz I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I I guess I just don't. I also haven't experienced that many people asking. Interesting. So it's not like I'm like fending off advances left and right, like no you may not have my handle left and right. Um Oh yeah, I have people that I've been on one date with whom I do not follow who watch like all of my stories. I'm like, okay, yeah, enjoy. I have a couple of those. There's one guy in particular who like sends like emoji reactions to my stories that I've never been out with that we just like never went out and he follows me. That's funny. And I think he – I if I remember correctly, I did not give him my Instagram. This was before – I was public at one point. I'm not anymore. I'm my personal. And he like found me of his own accord and followed me, which I think is very weird. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, For a dating app person that you've never met before, just to be clear. Yes. On that note – any differences when meeting people from an app versus in real life? For example, first date expectations, communication level, et cetera. I mean, yeah, I do, I, I do think it's different in that um, to things that you've said before, when you meet on a dating app, you're both there to go on a date, hopefully. And <laughs> whereas in person, in theory, you might be putting yourself out there in a risk situation that this person, you know, might not be single. They might not be into you. They might not want to go on a date. Whereas you've cleared a lot of hurdles by swiping and starting to talk on a dating app. And so I think that if you've met in real life through an activity or something and you're going to see them regularly, 
I think that's something you can sort of factor in. All of this though should still be on what you want to do. If you've met somebody out at a bar and you want to go on a date, you can say that. Hey, yeah, I had a great time chatting with you. Let's do something. Here's my schedule. What does your week look like? Whatever. And that can be that can be the case in any situation. It just might feel a little scarier. Yeah. I, one of the things that I like the most about dating apps is that there's no pretense there. There's no wondering why are we here. I mean, you might be wondering what the person's end goal is in terms of if they want a relationship or a casual situation, et cetera. But you are not wondering if they think it's romantic, which I appreciate. For sure. How soon after matching should you message? And is there a better time of day? There probably is a better time of day. Like I'm sure if if we combed dating app data, we would probably find out that there is. It's probably when people are most likely to be on their phones. It's probably not in the middle of the night. How excited are you by that prospect of combing through all that data to come to a Oh my God. If only I could make a pivot table of dating app data, my life would be complete. Um like we know, for example, that Sundays are the best time to be swiping and sending initial messages because Sundays are the most popular time for people to be on their phones. But once we start, like, you know, once you are matching with somebody in the middle, you can't control that always, right? Like you can't control when somebody swipes back on you and now you have, if it's bumbled, 24 hours to message them. I just do it. Like, especially if I see it. So let me back up. The best time to message somebody is when they are looking at their phone. Obviously, you don't know when that is, but you do know that they were looking at it the moment that they matched with you. So if you get a notification, like if I get a notification that I have a new match and I have two seconds, I immediately go into the app and message that person because that means that they were in the last three seconds on their phone looking at Bumble. So that is a good time to catch them for them to see my message. This is my philosophy as well. But other than that, like, I don't really think about it. Like, if I see it, I'll message. I don't think there's like I, – I wouldn't do it in the middle of the night. Like, I wouldn't do it at a weird time when somebody is conceivably sleeping. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I, I wouldn't worry about that. Same. Okay, Rourke, we're going to end on a two-parter. Okay. The first one. Um, was Rourke on a reality TV show? Yes. Was Rourke on Survivor? Yes. Okay, bye. Great episode. This was so fun. I'm going to miss you next week, but say hi to Alana. Bye. Bye.